Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so glad that you're here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me at the book of Romans chapter 10. Let's talk about the subject of bringing heaven down to earth in your own personal life. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would quicken your word let it be alive and living to us by the work of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that this is our daily bread. This is our spiritual food. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Romans chapter 10, let's begin today in verse 6 as we look at the words of the Apostle Paul. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Praise God. My friends, the Lord wants you to experience heaven in your life here on earth. Basically, what the Apostle Paul is saying is that we should not make statements that would be like statements like, well, how could we ever represent Christ on the earth? And he's saying, don't say things like that. In other words, People think, and I've, I've heard people express statements like this, how could we ever make Jesus real to people? I mean, Jesus could because he could do miracles, but how could we ever manifest the things of the Lord or represent the earth uh, or represent the Lord on the earth? It's, it's almost like they're saying we'd have to bring him, bring him back down or wherever he's at, if he's, you know, bring him up or whatever the case might be. But that's not the answer. The answer, of course, is much much closer. Uh, it's in our mouth and in our heart. Let's look also at what Jesus said in the Gospel of John. John chapter 14, please turn there with me, and let's look at verse 12. Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. I go to my Father. Praise God. So there are the greater works that we can do. We can do the works, and we can also do greater works. This is very amazing. The assignment of your faith is to bring heaven down to earth in your life, and also as that extends out, others will be influenced and blessed by that heavenly expression. You know, when I grew up in church, we used to sing a song. Uh, very often it was called, When We All Get to Heaven. And uh, perhaps some of you sang it also out of the hymn book. And I knew it so well, I didn't even need the hymn book. It kind of went like this. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. But see, we we would sing that, but we would never sing and shout the victory down here. 
everything with our theology, we didn't realize we were forming a theology, a belief system, was putting everything good off into the future. Now, we do understand that when we go to heaven, there's no more sickness, no more disease, no more temptation, no more sin, and that's going to be wonderful. But, you know, there's teenagers that watch this program. There's young people that watch this program. And when you have your whole life still ahead of you, you don't want to be sitting around singing a song that says when we, one day when we all get to heaven, because that one day uh, could be 80 years from now or, you know, or something like that. And you have to have the ability right now to affect the good things, <coughs> excuse me, the good things in your life that the Lord wants you to experience and walk in. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So the Word of God, which produces the faith that causes things to happen, is actually very, very near you. And it's so near, it's in your mouth. Praise God. It's near you. There are times when the Holy Spirit could desire for one of his people, you know, a child of God to move from one country to another country. Maybe there's war. Maybe there's something awful going on. And the Lord is saying, move because things are going to become unstable here or things will become violent here. And there could be the case of moving, uh, immigrating somewhere else. But so often, and I would say probably about 90% of the time, that's not the typical way that God would work. Normally, the way that God works is that right where you're at, God wants you to put roots down in Him and begin to turn the place that you're at into an expression of heaven on earth. In other words, the answer is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. It's the word of faith that we preach, that we speak, and that we minister with. It's not going somewhere else and thinking, well, the word of faith won't work here. It'll work over there. It'll work in America. And that's what a lot of critics used to say, you know, back in the 80s when uh, the expression word of faith began to be taught, where, where an understanding that God can bless you and so forth. There were a lot of critics of that message, which is the biblical message. And the critics would say, well, that will work in America, but it won't work in developing nations and it won't work in places like that. But in some of the most undeveloped nations is where Christians heard it, began to apply it, didn't run away from their country, but stayed there and saw that God's word works in any country, in any climate, in any condition for anybody that will believe it and begin to utilize it and thus begin to see the power of God to really help you create your world into an expression of heaven on earth. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, in other words, you can make Jesus real right where you're at. You can bring heaven down to earth by the word. You can be an expression of Christ in the earth. Praise God. Now, this is not done by what we would call a word of theology, 
uh, or a word of uh, positive mentality or something like that, although we need to have a positive attitude and we do need good theology. But this is actually carried out by what Scripture calls the word of faith. I had a, I've had people ask me before, Pastor Stephen, are you, are, a, are you a word of faith preacher? I'm like, well, I am because that's what the Bible says that we carry the gospel with. Paul said we preach the word of faith. And so I certainly wouldn't want to be going around as a preacher uh, of the word of unbelief or the word of skepticism or the word of doubt. But if you want to see heaven come into your life on the earth, you're going to have to use the word, and that is a word of faith. And when you're using your faith, there's no mountain that can stay in your way. It's either going to be moved or it's going to get leveled, but you'll see that your faith is able to get the job done. So the Lord, he is a creator, of course. Let's go over to Genesis chapter one, and he's also expecting us to create as well because we are made in his image and we don't need to just sit around. We need to be involved in creating the world that we envision or as God puts the dream and the vision on the inside of you, it's time to get busy and start creating that. Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God created. He didn't sit back and just wish and hope that something would transpire that would bring forth what he's desiring. No, he created. And there's a place also where you must get busy and start creating. Now you're going to use the word of faith you know, finding those scriptures and standing on scriptures and believing and trusting God, but you're still going to have to go to work and create, which by the way, is a very, very enjoyable process. Glory to God. Amen. Some people think that we're supposed to just wait for the Lord. And while you never want to get out ahead of God, I would distinguish the statement of waiting for the Lord. And I would say, I think what a lot of people mean is that you need to wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord in Scripture has been a reference to devotional time, spending time with God in the Word and in prayer. That's waiting on the Lord. But waiting for the Lord sometimes can be, be misleading because there is the sovereign intervention of God. God can come in and just do things sometimes out of the blue, shake things up, work a miracle, and you think, wow, wasn't even really expecting that. But when those things don't happen, these sovereign moves of God, we, see, we still need to be working because in the interim, while you're waiting for your miracle, while you're waiting for your breakthrough, you don't want to just sit back and do nothing and say, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on God. No, there's always something to do that can keep you busy in the current state of creating that you're in right now. And yes, you will get the miracle. The breakthrough moment will come. Funds will be released. The door will be opened. The right connection will be made. The opportunity will present itself. Yes, Pastor Stephen, that's all I'm doing. I'm just waiting for that to happen. But you have to work. You have to work and you can't just sit back 
and wait for God to do it all for you. God is a creator and we have that same nature in us. So what you have right now, the material that you can work with right now, you need to begin creating right there. Praise the Lord. Now we do see the distinguishing difference. Let me go over to Isaiah just for a moment, because this is a verse I know that many people are familiar with verse 31, but those who wait on the Lord, not for the Lord, we're not just waiting for the Lord. Well, one day God will show up. No, we need to be busy and need to be creating. So let's not confuse that with waiting on the Lord, which is always God gives that full thumbs up. Praise God. But let me say, while we do wait on the Lord, you realize that even if you're a minister, you can't just sit around and read your Bible all day and think, well, this, if I just do this, then uh, I'm waiting on the Lord. Everything else will work out. You can't read your Bible all day, pray all day, and then read your Bible all night, pray all night, and never uh, still create the things that you're supposed to bring forth. <laughs> there is a time for devotional time with God. And when you get stronger in the Lord, you do, you do need more nourishment. So it's not like, you know, you could just do a little 20 minutes with God, and have your spiritual tank filled up. It's going to take longer, but that doesn't mean you just spend all day at the pump. No, you get filled up and however long that takes. If it's two hours, three hours or whatever it might be, that's good. You get filled up, not so you can just keep on waiting, but now so that you can create. So there is the place of waiting on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we get strengthened in the Lord's presence, but not just to sit around and hope that something happens. No, to get up and run, to fly, to, to walk, to work, and, you know, to create, basically. Praise God. So waiting for God should not imply inactivity on our behalf. Before the miracle happens, we need to continue to keep our faith on the job. And really, when you examine it carefully in Scripture, you can't get away from the reality that your faith is the link to the supernatural. Praise God. And we all love the supernatural. We all love it when God does miracles, but your faith is the link to the supernatural. You see it so clearly when Jesus talked about this in John chapter 6. Let's turn over there. And this is the Gospel of John chapter 6. And let's go down to verse 28. John chapter 6, verse 28. Jesus has just miraculously fed 5,000 men. Doesn't include the women and children. So we had a huge amount of people supernaturally fed where food was miraculously multiplied. And then that leads to uh, verse 28, John 6, verse 28. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Who hasn't seen a miracle? Who hasn't seen the Holy Spirit move? Who hasn't seen the anointing and manifestation and thought, you know, Lord, I'd like to get in on that too. <laughs> Lord, hey, this is, this is like a incredible advantage. It's like, uh, it's like, Lord, um, how can I get enrolled into this so that I can have this operating and uh, this power working in my life? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, and 
The answer that he gave to them is the same answer that he still gives to us today. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. And let me be the first to say it's work. (laughs) I'm telling you, keeping your faith up and active and on the job is not for the lazy or the faint hearted. It takes work. uh, It takes perseverance. It takes a development of self-discipline. It takes everything because you need it in order to get over into the supernatural and to keep it up there so that you can have these supernatural things and the blessing and the anointing. I tell you what, you have to fuel it. You have to feed it. You have to stay on it. Praise the Lord. You know, there are those that arrive. Maybe we can use that word. They arrive in certain sports. They're at the top. You see the muscles. You see the tone. You see the phenomenal reflexes. You see the fine-tuning. You see a person who's reached the pinnacle of athletic excellence. What happens when you get there? One thing, you have to maintain it. (laughs) So you did all of that to get there, to make it to the Olympic final or whatever it might be. So you've done all of that. And there has been a distinction, a separation where there's something that's been developed and it's producing. But the thing is, is that now you have to maintain it. Now you've, you've put all that work in there. And, uh, so, uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I watched the men's uh, 1500 meters in the Olympics, uh, that took place a little while back. And the young man that won the Olympic gold medal, he's been running since he was a little kid and he won the gold medal. I think he's, he's like in his early twenties. He's real young and, um, one of the greatest runners of all time, but you know, he just won the Olympic gold medal. Where, where do you go from here? And so he thought, well, uh, and this is what he said. I've put in all of this work for all of these years And I've realized the dream of my life. He said, this is what I've trained for all of my life. Remember, he's just in his early 20s. He said, since I'm here and I've done all of this and I'm at this level, although I've accomplished what I wanted to, I might as well go out now and and, uh, set some new records. In other words, you've developed your faith and you've gotten to this place. Well, now you just maintain. You know, muscle has memory. If you've ever been to a certain place, and, uh, you know, you haven't, and then you don't do it for a while. Talk about, for an example, like riding a bicycle. You learn to ride when you're young, you rode around all the time, but then you got busy in life and you maybe didn't ride a bike for 10 or 15 years. Well, your, your muscular, uh, uh, you know, all those little neurons and all of that, they still have memory. Why? Because you've done it before, but it's the same way with your faith. You can build it up, but once you build it up, it's, it's needed now. It's needed because now you're in a place where it's working. That's what got you there, but you're going to have, you're going to have to keep it strong. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. So you have to believe in the Lord. This is not talking about, I, Pastor Steve, I believe in Jesus. He's my savior. Yes, yes. That's, that's established. That's the entry door. That's the salvation experience. But concerning the promises you know, to see a, a child delivered from drugs or to see an addiction broken or to see, you know, uh, success in an area where there could currently be a struggle. You're going to have to stay on the job with your faith. 
And that means continual believing, continual believing. And yes, that does require work. Praise the Lord. But my friends, here's the thing. If you, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. So faith is what produces for you signs, wonders, miracles, and all of these things that you're desiring God to do. Let's go over to Mark chapter 16. Praise the Lord. Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. Well, you're a believer. Well, Pastor Stephen, I am. I believe in Jesus. But if you want to see the signs, the miracles, you know, the good stuff, you're going to have to intentionally believe along that line, speak along that line, right where you're at. You don't need to leave the country. You need to manifest it right where you're at. And when you do, this is what happens. These signs will follow those who believe, not doubt, question everything, and get bogged down in theological discussions. Some theological discussions can be good. Others are just circular. They have no ending point. <laughs> it's, just, it's just talking to talk. But my friends, these signs will follow those who believe. So when you believe, and it takes work to stay in that faith realm, when you believe, signs will follow you. Praise God. In my name, they will cast out demons. That's good because we have a, we have a demon problem in, in the Western church uh, where you have people that can look squeaky clean and they could dress nice and talk nice and maybe pull up the church uh, in a nice car or something like that. But they've got uh, some luggage they're carrying. They have uh, some attachments. And a lot of these people, they have problems uh, behind the scenes and they're, they're, they're bound in certain things and they can't get free. They've read self-help books. But self-help books and psychology cannot touch the spirit realm. That cannot cause the realm of darkness to back off. So there are people that deal with demon problems. And oftentimes they come to church. They could even come to prayer meetings. And uh, the, perhaps they could even be born again. But they have areas in their life where the enemy has gotten an upper hand on them. And they need some help. Praise God. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is just a brief condensed outline of some of the major signs and miracles that will follow you. There's many others, of course, that follow, but they follow who? The believer. You have to believe, praise God. And when you believe, these things follow. Can you see now how your faith is the link into the supernatural? So if your faith or your belief is not there, you can't get into these things. So that's why you have to believe, and that's why you have to keep your faith up. Yes, attend good conferences. Yes, watch good teaching uh, classes and sessions, such as what I'm dispensing right now, for example. But this is something that until the Lord comes back is ongoing because you have to keep yourself in shape. And the amazing thing about, about faith, the amazing thing about the anointing is that even when you get older, physically, you're not going to be able to do some of the things that you can do when you were younger. But spiritually, though, you keep getting stronger and stronger. So there's no ceiling 
on the level of the anointing. You can in, in keep increasing that. There's no ceiling on the anointing of wisdom that you can walk in. Praise God. So that's why, of course, you want to lean with an emphasis in that direction because you're, you're walking in something that benefits you now and also will carry a great reward in the time of going to heaven with the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, signs and wonders have to be worked out. Again, there can be times when God just breaks in sovereignly and you're just sitting there and suddenly God starts doing something, uh, healing somebody or healing you or whatever the case might be. So that, but if that's the case, great, just sit back and receive it and enjoy. But if that's not happening, don't think that, well, we're stuck. We just have to like float out here on the ocean of the world experience and just kind of, you know, uh, maybe stay, uh, stuck in this one area because no wind is blowing. No, you have a paddle, uh, and you can get going. Praise God. You can work with the Holy spirit and you can stir some things up. Signs and wonders most often have to be worked out. They don't always just, um, occur, occur by themselves. You have to be involved. Let's look at an example of how we can stir these things up. Praise God, get movement and uh, get heaven down into your life. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter four, verse 17. And you shall take this rod in your hand. This is the Lord speaking to Moses. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. Praise God. So we see here the rod and uh, that must have been a very intimidating thing for Pharaoh and his court to see Moses standing over there with that rod. Uh, they probably got nervous every time he showed up with that rod because they know, uh-oh, here comes another, uh, another wave that was uh, breaking down their belief in the false gods that they worshiped. The 10 plagues, each plague was a direct uh, rebuke, attack, and rebuttal of a deity that the Egyptians worshiped. And with each plague, uh, you would see the humiliation of each one of their false gods. Praise God. So let's go now to Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah 11, verse one, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So Moses was given the rod. It was a representation of authority. It was for the working of signs. And here we see that Jesus or the coming Messiah, the coming Messiah is also given the messianic identification as being the rod. Hmm. Praise God. Well, we know that the Messiah is Jesus and that would take us then over to John chapter one. Let's go there. John one verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Today, we know Jesus, the son of God as Jesus, Yeshua. But in, in time past, even when there was no time before the world was created, the son of God was always known as the word. That was his name, the word, the father, the son, who is called the word and the Holy Spirit. But you have to understand that Jesus is that rod personified. Mm. And so what is that rod? It's the word. 
it's his word in your mouth. And that is the release of the authority. That is the link to the signs. That is the link to the supernatural. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So anytime you take the word in your hand and you speak it forth, what happens? Signs. Signs. Now, this is just not randomly speaking things, you know, uh, out of the soulish realm. But this is from a heart that's filled up, having uh, practiced Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, waiting on the Lord, full of the word, having had good prayer time, good devotional time, and going out with that rod in your mouth. Mm, the word. You have the word. Christ is the word. He's that rod. All of the, all of the Old Testament stories, you find Christ concealed, but in the New Testament, you find him revealed. And you, you look back in the Old Testament, you say, oh, I can see that. I see the origins and the roots of that. But in the New Testament, we move from, we move from uh, what was a shadow now to the substance or the reality. So Jesus is that rod personified. Praise God. He is the word and you can speak his word. And that is very much what works in this area of creating, speaking it. You have to see it. First, you have to see it. And then when you truly see it and you catch revelation that God wants you to have some heaven on earth in your life, then you start speaking. You start utilizing the rod and you speak and you say, I'm going to do this. You look out over your backyard full of weeds maybe full of uh, barren, uh, uh, you know, patchy spots, grass hasn't grown, and you look over it and you say, I'm going to create a little bit of heaven back here. And maybe you visualize a pool. Maybe, uh, maybe you don't want to mess with the pool. Maybe you visualize uh, a fountain. But whatever it is, you visualize it, you see it, and then you speak it, and you start to create. And you find scriptures, such as the Garden of Eden. I mean, Anything you pretty much need, you can find it somewhere in the book of Genesis. It's there. <laughs> and you take that word and you take the rod and you start creating. And what happens when you really believe? Signs. Signs. The next thing you know, you're out at a, uh, a store that sells outdoor furniture, outdoor uh, supplies, and you see that they have a, a fountain. $7,000 on sale. For $1,500 and you happen to have the 1500 and you buy it. And the next thing you know, there's your fountain. There's your fountain. And all the birds in the neighborhood want to go to your backyard because you're the only one with fresh water. <laughs> and when you get to heaven one day, the birds will thank you. Praise God. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Look, we all have an equal destiny. And what I mean by that is although we all have different callings, different assignments. It's not like we have unequal destinies where God looks down from heaven and says, this one's going to be poor and this one's going to be rich. And this child of mine over here, this one's going to be healthy, but I want this other one to be in a wheel, wheelchair and suffer. I want this one to be sick, this one healthy. Uh, this one over here, I want to have great wisdom. This one over here, I want them to stay stuck in stupid mode all of their life. No, no, we all have a shared destiny of glory. Oh, hallelujah of wisdom. 
of blessing, of honor, the things that were bestowed and gifted upon Christ, he has gifted and bestowed upon the body. We are the body of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let some heaven come into your earth. Don't wait for it to happen. Make it happen. Create it. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that are watching today that they will take the rod and they will use it by faith from a position of being strong, of believing, and they will use it and signs and wonders will follow. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Oh God, we give you praise. I see a rod of authority in the spirit realm right now. It says word of faith on it. Uh, I think a lot of times when we say word of faith, sometimes people think almost like a denominational movement, but Paul never meant it like that. He meant it as you have to believe this book. You can't, you just can't say, well, that was a, that was a move of the spirit that happened in the seventies and eighties. And, uh, no, that was a revelation from heaven of how we're to live our lives. And that's, that is just something we're supposed to walk in. That's where the signs and wonders miracle link is at. Praise God. Father, let your people use that rod. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So you see, you speak. When you use the rod, you're speaking. Praise God. Mm -mm. What does the rod of Aaron represent that budded almonds? Mm. I mean, it was just a stick, and it turned into a living it turned in, it came alive and grew and almonds grew on it represents God's choice, God's man. Okay. So you are chosen by God to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. So rise up and use it and watch what will happen. Watch the miracles that will happen. Thank you, Father, in Jesus name. Amen. If you're watching today's message and you don't know Jesus, the rod of God, uh, he, he wants to save you right now. He doesn't want to take his rod and hit you over the head with it. <laughs> no. <laughs> he actually loves you so much he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. And you can be forgiven and receive his life into your, into your heart by just accepting him and giving your life to him. Why don't you do that right now? It'd be the best thing you've ever done, the wisest thing you've ever done. Just pray this prayer out loud. Pray it after me. Say, Jesus... I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners like me. Jesus, thank you for paying the penalty for my sins. I give my life to you. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you for saving me now. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Take this message today. Go out and work this word today. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take communion together. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. I use these little travel cups, praise God, portable things. I take them with me anytime, anytime I travel. And you can do the same thing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it. And we consecrate it through this prayer. We set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And we thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you for expressions of heaven on, our, on earth in our personal lives. Oh, God, we praise you. Hallelujah. 
somebody, you're watching me, you're going to have a home that's so heavenly that every time you have a, a prayer meeting, everybody's going to want to go to your house to pray. <laughs> Why? It's just so, it's, it's like heaven. Mm-mm. Maybe they want to go to your backyard and pray. Mm. I knew a minister, he had a real nice motor home, like, like a bus motor home. He traveled in it. And so all the ministers were praying in a cabin and uh, they, they just, I don't know, weren't, weren't really having a good prayer time. And one of, the, one of the preachers stopped and said, brethren, why don't we get out of this cabin and go pray in brother so-and-so's motor home? <laughs> and they all said, yes, let's, let's go there. Why? That thing looked like it came from heaven. Woo, they got in there and prayed up, prayed heaven down. Mm-mm. Atmosphere, atmosphere. But you have to create it. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive his body now, and we release the ability, the power to create. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Mm-mm. Revelation is flowing right now. You're getting ideas of creating, cre- you're getting creation ideas right now. Praise the Lord. Doesn't mean you have to go out and create a whole new planet. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. But in your little spot or your big spot, whatever it might be, your half acre or your 400 acres, what it might be, creative juices are flowing right now. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that gives us right standing with you. Thank you for the cleansing of sin, washing away of it. Oh God, we thank you for a clean conscience. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We bless our enemies. We forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We thank you for the mighty work of the blood of Christ in our lives. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise for protection and long life to fulfill the number of our days. Father, somebody is watching, and they have thought that they're on their last, perhaps last few breaths, last last few days, that even, even maybe they're thinking, I've only got two days. But Father, you could turn that two days into 20 years. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for the Word's power, your power to work. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you that your Word is living and alive. So Father, we receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise God. Remember, as you're receiving the blood, what was never in Christ has no legal right to be in you. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The the miracle meal is working. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My friends, thank you for joining me today. Remember, we have our Israel tour planned, scheduled, and I would love for you to come to Israel with my wife and I. If you're interested, please visit the website, stephenbrooks.org. The dates for the tour, May 7th through the 17th, 2023. It's going to be really, really special. Uh, Why don't you go online, check out the uh, tour. We'd love to uh, see you get signed up, get registered, and uh, meet us in the Holy Land. Praise God. Have a great week. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.